Welcome to episode 164 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I am answering questions about my current fat loss phase. Now, I'm not doing this just to talk about myself. The hope is that you will be able to implement things that I am sharing here with you today about my own experience into your current or upcoming fat loss program. Before we jump into that quick reminder on January 4th, that is just two weeks away now, you're going to be able to get your hands on my brand new course, Fitter by the Day. Fitter by the Day is a four-week health protocol for daily body and mind training. We're going to work on daily movement, protein tracking, and mindful eating. There's also going to be crucial mindset work that's going to help you move from the good intentions you have right now to actually doing the behavior. We're going to bridge that gap. It's going to help you move from where you are right now to the fitter, healthier lifestyle you want. It's only $99 and you're going to be able to get your hands on it in just two weeks. You can click the link that is here in the show notes to get on my email list so that you know exactly when it is ready to go. If you have a goal to get fitter, to lose weight, to feel better about your body and your health in 2023, Fitter by the Day is for you. All right, let's get into the episode. Hello, my friend. All right, today I am taking your questions about my weight loss phase. I'm doing this with the hope that it can help you with your current weight loss phase or your upcoming weight loss phase. I started nine days ago. If you've been following along on Instagram, I am doing daily weigh-ins. I hope you guys can't hear what's behind me. I gave my dog um, a bully stick and he has decided that the perfect place to chew this bully stick is right behind me while I'm filming a podcast. Hopefully you're not hearing the chewing behind me. If you are, picture a super, super cute uh, mini golden doodle. So I started this fat loss phase nine days ago. I'm feeling good. I'm hitting my calories, hitting my protein, my fiber, my steps, my workouts with a high degree of consistency. I'm mentally in it. I'm mentally in it. And we're going to talk in a little bit later. One of the questions I got is about um, how to know if you're ready to do a weight loss phase. So I'll talk more about how I knew I was ready this time. Um, okay, so I got a bunch of questions. I sent an email out to my list last week talking more in depth. Um, I'm sharing there about my fat loss phase and said, like, whatever questions you have, let me know. And we can talk through them. Got so many questions and I chose several to discuss today that I think will be really relatable to many people. And we're going to kind of bang them out as we go. All right, we're going to start here with this question from Rachel. Rachel says, I look forward to your tips for handling the scale, which is something that gives me great anxiety. And I also want to know about your best foods that keep you satiated. So let's tackle both of those. Let's start with the scale. Uh, This is the main reason I am sharing daily scale updates on my Instagram and Facebook stories, because I know that having a really good understanding of how the scale works can help reduce that anxiety around the scale. The reason that you have this anxiety is because you have not understood correctly yet how the scale actually works. And it's through no fault of your own. Um, A lot of times how people use the scale is not actually helpful. So let me give you a personal example from my own life is when I went to Weight Watchers. And what does Weight Watchers do? If you've been to Weight Watchers, you know exactly what they do. With great fanfare, you have a weekly weigh-in. And you go and you step on the scale there and you're there with a bunch of other people and you go in the little booth 
And when I would go, I would try and wear the lightest clothing possible. Like I wanted to be almost naked (laughs) to give myself the best possible chance of weighing the right amount on that day in that exact moment. Now I weighed in on Saturdays, which meant in the days leading up to that weigh-in Thursday and Friday, I would eat as little as possible. I was really working to manipulate that scale. I wanted that scale to go down. In fact, I would say I needed, I needed that scale to go down. And then I would have a whole week until I had to weigh in again. And so usually on Saturday evenings and Sundays, I would eat more, (laughs) right? So this is not actually helping with fat loss. I was really working to manipulate that scale. And that is not actually useful to the long-term goal of fat loss. Manipulating what a scale says, it's possible to manipulate the scale quite easily. Uh, Being a wrestling mom, I saw this happen a lot. Both of my boys wrestled for many years. My my older son wrestled, um, did high school wrestling, and he had to weigh in before every meet. My my younger son did like wrestling as like a third grader and stuff, and they weren't weighing in. But my older son, they would have to weigh in before each uh, wrestling match, and they had to meet weight for their weight class if they were going to wrestle in that class. Now, my son is very thin, and at the time... He weighed around 113 pounds and he wrestled in the 106 weight class, which meant he had to weigh 106 pounds when he weighed in before each match. And how did he do that? He would stop eating. He would uh, get dehydrated. He would go run at the school. He would put extra layers of clothing on and trash bags on and run up and down the stairways at school. I was really nervous. He was losing six or seven pounds. And I'm putting this in air quotes that you can't see because it wasn't actual fat. The boy didn't have any fat to lose, but he was losing weight twice a week for the entire wrestling season. I was really uncomfortable with that. I think it's set up. Um, luckily, he has no long-term repercussions from that, but I was worried what it could possibly lead to. And even in the moment, like what could happen? Like, is, is something acute going to happen here as he is severely dehydrated? I frankly don't know how he actually would wrestle because he would, after you weigh in, then you could eat a bunch of food. But then I'm thinking, how are you moving so fast up there? And I've got this stomach full of food sloshing around after not having eaten for days. It was a really bad setup. And that is a good example of how the scale can be manipulated. And look, I've done it myself when I competed in powerlifting and I had no business doing it, to be quite honest. I was not a high level powerlifter. I was just recreationally lifting, but I was right on the edge of two Uh, of the two weight classes. It's a weight class sport. And if I wanted to uh, lift in a certain weight class, I had to be under a certain weight. And so I, you know, did a water cut the week of weigh-ins. And I, again, I had no business doing it. There was no reason for me to do that. I should have just lifted in the higher weight class. Uh, And yeah, I lost a bunch of weight, weight, not fat, in just days. Like I was down five, six pounds in just a matter of a couple of days. Is this what you want? Is what you want in life, the reason you're trying to lose fat, is it so this little box on the floor in your bathroom can say a certain number? Is that really what you want? Or is what you want to um, not have joint pain? Is what you want to be able to keep up with your kids and your grandkids? Is what you want to be able to fit in your genes? What is it you want? Likely, it is not specifically about the number. The number you're looking for represents something else. And so what I want to help you to do is not to focus so much on making that scale say a certain number. 
Okay, having just listened to me, it's possible to, without having lost a single bit of fat, manipulate that scale. And that's not what you're looking for. You'd actually like to see body change compositions, right? Okay, so that's number one, is to know that the scale is greatly affected by loads of different things that have nothing to do with the body fat. A lot of these things affect the water in your body. So what this tells us is that any one weigh-in is not the be-all and end-all yet we make it out to be. Weight Watchers is a great example of this, like trying to manipulate the scale to say something on a certain day. What did that say about the rest of the week? What did that say about me meeting my long-term goals? Not much, not much at all. So what we really want to do is help you learn to see a single weigh-in as just a data point. It's just one data point. It doesn't mean anything. It could be an absolute outlier. What we really want you to look at is the trend. And so learning how to interpret the scale correctly is key to getting over that scale anxiety. In my opinion, the best possible course to do this is to weigh daily, minimum three times a week. If you're like, oh, I'm just not ready for daily, three times per week, because the more data points you have, the bigger uh, trend line you're going to be able to build. You're going to be able to have a more accurate trend line with the more data points you have. Ideally daily, if not three times per week. Okay, and while you're taking those data points, which is really all weighing on the scale is, it's just getting a little little bit of the pulse of the moment with your body. It's not the be all and end all. It's important to practice moderating your response to the scale, which means if you get on the scale and it's down, instead of having a big celebration, reminding yourself like, it's just one way and that doesn't really mean anything. And you might be like, wait, but I want it to go down. And that's fine, but remember, if you have this party, this amazing celebration, when it goes down, what does that say about how you should feel and will feel when it goes up, right? You see the connection there? So really what we're looking to do is moderate the response. No, it's just a single weigh-in. You're going to write that down, that number down. I like to track it in an app. I use a free app called Weight Gurus. So it actually builds the trend line for you and you can watch the little dots pile up. And what you're looking for is what does the average of all these weigh-ins look like? What you want it to do is build that downward trend. We don't want it going up. We don't want it going straight across because straight across would be maintenance. We want it going from the top left corner to the bottom right corner, that's the direction we want this line to build. And it doesn't matter where the individual points are, but we want the overall trend to be down. The way I like to do this is to track daily and then average the weekly weight. So you get your average weekly weight and compare weeks one average weight with week four's average weight. That can help you see what the scale is actually doing. I would also say not doing that alone, but using that in conjunction with uh, tape measure measurements, the fit of your clothes, these are, and progress pictures, all of that together can really help you see what's actually happening. But specifically for the scale piece, weighing more often, practicing moderating your response to the scale, and then comparing the trend over time. And continue watching me weigh in on Instagram so that you can watch this happen in real time. You're gonna see that the scale, it goes up. I've already, I mean, in the first week, there have been days that it just went up. There was no particular reason. I have not been out of my deficit. In the moment that you're in a deficit, the scale can and will spike. And you should know that that is normal. Practice moderating your response to that so that you're not having these big highs in your emotions and these big lows in your emotions. We don't want what the scale says to dictate how you feel about yourself or your day. 
And so as you notice those thoughts coming into your brain and those feelings happening, choose to think something different. Choose to think this is just a single data point. This doesn't actually mean anything. All right, so that's part one of your question, Rachel. So the second part of Rachel's question was about a different topic, which is the foods that help me to feel satiated while I'm doing this fat loss phase. So I'm going to give you an example of one of the most satiating foods I eat and then break down for you why it is so satiating so you can use it as a template to build meals for yourself because maybe you don't like this particular meal that I happen to love. I have a daily yogurt bowl for breakfast every single day. I've been doing it for months. I've been doing it. I was doing it before I went on my cruise at the beginning of September because I I switched it up a little bit uh, when I got back from my cruise because I discovered um, these Fiber One buds because that's what they had on the cruise to put in some yogurt there. And I had not been doing that at home. And so I added that in. So I was at least doing, I've been having this breakfast since August. <laughs> it's a long time. That's, that's how I prefer to eat. I like to, to eat the same type of food over and over, even when I'm not in a fat loss phase. When you are in a fat loss phase, eating the same foods over and over is actually really useful to seeing progress. It's one less thing you have to think about. But whether you do eat the same things or whether you don't, following this type of pattern that this yogurt bowl that I eat each day has is going to help you. Okay, so this yogurt bowl, let me break it down for you. It's around 525 calories. Your, Your food does not have to be that exact number, but I want you to notice that is not a small amount of calories. If you're thinking like, whoa, 525 calories for breakfast, I try to get my breakfast at 200 or 250 or less than 300. You're selling yourself short here. And what I mean by that is getting in enough food in the morning can really help so that you make it all the way to lunch without that like mid-morning like must eat food, that snacky craving, heading to the vending machine kind of feeling. If you play your cards right at breakfast, you have this nice feeling of, not overfull, but just satisfied and you're not even thinking about food again until five or six hours later. So I don't do these mini meals. So first of all, we want you to have enough calories, okay? So enough total calories in your meal. Stop trying to get your meals to be under 300 calories. That's piece one. Then we want it to have enough protein. My yogurt bowl has 40 grams of protein in it, 40 grams. Protein is the most satiating macronutrient. So out of carbs, Fats and protein, protein is the one that is most satisfying, most satiating, most filling. So getting a nice bunch of protein, minimum, I would say 20 grams. I personally would think 25, 30 grams is going to be better. And as I told you, my breakfast has 40 grams of protein. So you're going to get enough total calories. You're going to get a good bunch of protein. Okay. And then you're going to get fiber, a nice bunch of fiber. My breakfast is a crazy amount of fiber and you don't have to have this much to have it be filling. My breakfast is 20 grams of fiber. That's a lot of fiber. The fiber is coming. So what I put in my yogurt bowl is I take berries. I take blackberries and raspberries. Sometimes I eat them fresh. Often I get them frozen, pop them in the microwave. They get hot and juicy. And then I put a big chunk of Greek yogurt in there, plain Greek yogurt. And then I put uh, 20 grams of oatmeal, I put 20 grams of fiber one buds and I put 28 grams of almonds. And then I put in four milliliters of uh, milk. I use the Ripple plant-based milk and then I mix that sucker all together and it is delicious. So the fiber is coming from the oats and it's coming from uh, the fiber one and it's coming from the berries and the nuts. 
So all of those things have fiber in it and that adds up to 20 grams. Really in a day, you're looking for a minimum 25. I like to do more than that. It's great for heart health. So I'm shooting for 40 grams of fiber in a day right now. And so if I can knock off 20 at breakfast, it's fantastic. And it's super, super filling. Not only is it great for heart health, but it's also really filling. Okay, so we get total calories up, we get enough protein, we get a good chunk of fiber, and then some dietary fat. Having some dietary fat, fat is also satiating. So those are the big keys. Protein, total calories, fiber, some fat. The other one is volume. Having something that has, you're eating enough food. Uh, Vegetables are great for this, like adding a bunch of vegetables in, leafy greens are great for this. Uh, the berries really help with that in my breakfast. It's a lot of food. Like this is a big bowl of food. So protein, fiber, fat, total calories, volume. That's the pattern you want to follow. If you're missing some of these, start toying with this. Get your total calories for a meal up. Now you could also get your total calories up by eating like a honey bun. (laughs) That's not gonna keep you full. That's That's mostly carbs and some fat, very little protein very little fiber. So it's missing out on that protein and fiber. So just high calorie is not enough to keep you satiated. It needs to be a nice bunch of calories that are high in protein, high in fiber. Okay. I'm going to give you another meal that I use that follows this template. I have this for lunch a lot. It's lentil soup. I get a boxed lentil soup. I put in it either a little bit of Greek yogurt to up the protein or um, a little bit of canned chicken to up the protein. And then I'll either have a side salad or I'll throw some spinach in with the soup. So this follows the same template in that there's volume. Total calories are up there. This meal is like 400 and some calories. Um, It's got protein. It's got my lunch, the lentil soup with the, when I do the faye or the chicken has 30 grams of protein. It also has 20 grams of fiber because lentil is an amazing source of fiber. This fills me up for the whole afternoon. So if I eat that yogurt bowl, for breakfast. I'm not hungry again till like one. Then I eat my lentil soup with my side salad or my spinach and has some chicken and some yogurt in there. And when I say yogurt and soup, if you're like, what the heck, Kim? Think about it like putting sour cream into chili. Gives it that nice kind of like creamy flavor. If I eat that, I'm not hungry again. I'm not hungry again till dinner. So this really helps reduce the total calories from snacking if you eat enough at your meals. So Rachel, I hope that gives you some ideas. That's the template. Ladies and gentlemen, total calories up, protein, fiber, fat, volume. All right, moving on. The next question is from Lucia. Lucia says, how to manage weight loss when working on an intense deadline? Like a thesis while working full time, it is so hard to find that extra time. I, however, do stretching slash light yoga in the morning. So Lucia, the first thing I would say to you is to consider, is this the right time for this goal. You're working on writing your thesis. I have never written a thesis, but I've, you know, watched on social media while people are doing this kind of thing. That's a lot of work. And on top of that, you have a full-time job. So let's basically say you have two full-time jobs. You have a full-time job and you're writing your thesis. Weight loss, full-time job and thesis. Those seem like really separate compartmentalized uh, goals, activities, right? Here's the thing though they're all pulling from the exact same pool of mental, physical, emotional energy and focus, right? There's not like a separate part of your brain that stores mental, physical, emotional energy and focus specifically for weight loss. It's coming 
from the same overall pool of resources in your brain that your thesis writing and your full-time job are pulling from. Do you see what I'm saying? You only have so much mental, physical, emotional energy. You only have so much ability to focus. You only have so much time. So my question for you is, is this the right time? I don't get to dictate that. You do. But it's something to consider. If you're like, maybe, maybe it's not the right time. What I would say is, what can you do for yourself and your health that would support your main goal of finishing your thesis right now that is also long-term supportive habit for weight loss, but not the energy and time-consuming project that is a full-blown weight loss phase, right? So it doesn't have to be either I'm actively losing weight or I'm doing nothing for uh, that could help with that goal in the long-term. Those are, it's not, not this dichotomy there. You could choose to work on a small behavior that's not going to draw so much of your emotional energy, your physical energy, your focus, but that can still over time help you to lose weight when you do have the energy and focus to place towards that. So some things could be eating your food seated and plated. That's a really good habit that can help you maintain your weight now and lose weight when you're ready to do it. It won't take tons of your mental and emotional energy to focus on this one thing. If I'm eating, I'm sitting at a table, my food is on a plate, I'm not eating out of packages, boxes, and bags. You could choose to do just that one thing. Maybe you could choose to eat one salad a day. That's a great habit to build. Get you a lot of vegetables, make it have some protein in it. Just building that habit of I eat a salad a day can in the long term really support your goal of weight loss. And right now it feels like it could be doable or it could feel, I'm not going to tell you what feels doable. It could feel doable for you right now. Maybe you could choose to eat protein at each meal, or maybe you could choose to start having a daily walk, which actually could really be good for your um, your focus to write your thesis. It could be really good um, to help with your energy levels to get out there and get that daily walk in. All of these things can help you eventually to lose weight, but they're not going to be the big project that is weight loss that do you have time for that right now? Do you have energy and focus for that right now? I will say, I did not choose to start the current weight loss phase that I'm doing during my August launch of Fitter After 40. When I was launching Fitter After 40 towards the end of August, beginning of September, I was working insane hours. It also happened to be the time of year when um, my son was going back to school. My daughter was starting uh, her junior year of high school. We were going on a long delayed trip. I was supposed to go on in 2020 to Alaska. There was a lot happening and I was doing a launch. The type of launch I do for Fitter After 40, it's intense on my part. It's a lot of work on my part. I did not choose to start a weight loss phase then. I didn't have the capacity to manage that at that point. I just didn't. And so I de- I wouldn't have chosen that. So Lucia, that is my best advice for you to, is to consider, is this the time? And if you're like, yeah, it actually is, then looking to do it in a really streamlined way, as in... Uh, and that's going to be that's going to be a bigger conversation than we have right now but looking for, for a really simple way to lose weight that's not um going to take as much of your focus but i will tell you no matter how you lose weight it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of focus so my best advice for you to, is to consider when will you be done with this thesis so that you can plan for this appropriately hope that helps lucia All right. Kathleen. Kathleen asks, is maintenance good for around the holidays? Yeah, it's an absolutely fabulous goal. And I will say 
more of my members are doing a maintenance phase right now than are doing a deficit phase. There are plenty doing a deficit phase, but plenty are doing maintenance phase. And that is because times when you have a lot of plans, times when you're traveling, uh, it's actually a really fantastic time to practice maintenance. I personally chose not to do that. I'm not going away for the holiday. I was had, when I started thinking about doing this deficit, there was not a good reason for me to wait till January 1 because I knew that on the days that I had holiday events, I could either adjust my calories up to maintenance for those days or fit them into a higher calorie day. I do what is called calorie cycling. So I have a certain number of days a week that are lower calorie and a certain number of days that are higher calorie. All of those are deficit days. And I felt really confident in my ability to navigate a weight loss phase during the holidays. You might not be there yet, or you might have a whole lot going on. Maybe you are going away for a week or a week and a half. Maybe you do have company coming into town. I had none of that. So yeah, I think maintenance is a great goal to have around the holidays. And then Kathleen's second question was how to know when you are ready to jump back into fat loss. Oof, I love this one. I love this one. Uh, here's the thing. I knew I was ready this time. I will tell you, I, I started to do a fat loss phase last summer, early in the summer, uh, like June, June, July-ish time. Uh, one of my friends was doing one and asked if I would kind of like be her accountability partner. And I was like, yeah, like I'll do it with you and I'll check in with you too. My heart was not in it. I did not do well with it. I didn't stay in my deficit fully because I just wasn't ready for it mentally. When I... Uh, got sick with long haul COVID back at the end of 2020, was in bed for three months, lost my ability to speak, could barely run my business. My life was tanking because I was so ill for so long. Um, eventually began to get better. I put on a lot of weight, a lot. Like I literally didn't get out of bed most days. And if I did get out of bed, it was to go to the sofa. And that's where I spent my days. I wasn't walking. I couldn't walk. In fact, if I did more than one small project a day, I would end up fully incapable of doing anything for several days. And so I was very sedentary. I couldn't eat much because I was having terrible problems with my throat. Um, I had vocal cord damage, quite severe vocal cord damage. That's why I lost my voice. Um, and most things irritated my throat. And so I was on the... Uh, <laughs> fantastic soup and ice cream diet. So I gained a lot of weight is my point. I was very discouraged by this fact because being a person who had yo-yo dieted her whole life and then really understood, um, finally in my early forties understood like, oh, it's all about energy balance and eating the right amount of calories and strength training and all of these things. And never ever would have guessed that I would be at a point in my life where I needed to lose a substantial amount of weight again. So I did not factor in having such an illness. Um, so I was really discouraged by the fact that I had such a big project in front of me, but I tackled it. I lost a lot of the weight over the course of six months. My goal was to fit back into my clothes. And the second I did fit into my clothes, I was just like, I can't do this another second longer. I'm not interested in this. I'm burnt out of doing this. Uh, so I, I stopped my weight loss phase, which was fine. I did not really want to do more than six months anyway, but in the back of my mind, actually not even in the back of my mind, I said out loud, I said out loud on Instagram, I said a lot of people look, uh, there's still more weight I want to lose, but I don't know if I'll ever want to do it again. Right around the time as my cut was lacking, was not lacking off, was uh, wrapping up, uh, I had a breast cancer scare. This combined with my previous health issues 
really made me rethink how much I wanted to actually get back to the weight and shape that I was before my illness. It just didn't feel like that important to me anymore. I was just like, I don't want to do that. That's not how I want to spend my time. That's not how I want to spend my energy. I fit in my clothes. Fine. If I don't like how I fit in my clothes, it's just, that's just how it's going to be for right now. Cause I don't want to do this. Anymore. I don't want to spend any more time thinking about losing weight. And I did say, and I reserved the right to change my mind. And I thought a year later, which was this past summer that I really did. I was like, okay, I'm not feeling super comfortable in how I look in videos and pictures, not loving, not loving it. I'm still fitting in my clothes, but I don't really like the way they look. And I do think I'm ready to do this again. Well, I was wrong. I was so annoyed the, within days of starting. Within days of starting, I was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. I I just want, if I want to go out for ice cream with my daughter on a Wednesday night, I want to do it. I don't want to think about like, is it going to fit in my calories? I was just not at a point that I was actually interested in making the uh, the changes that I would have to make to be in a fat loss phase. And so I get, I was like, all right, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do this. I was, I, I was mildly successful at weight loss for a very short time. And then I was like, no, not doing it. And so I decided I was not going to think about it again. And I give it a few months and then decide, here's the thing. What's not a great thing mentally is to flip flop like day in and day out. Like I'm going to lose weight. Never mind. I don't want to wait. No, I'm going to lose weight. No, I don't want to. <laughs> it feels very disempowering. It feels frustrating. You're almost meant, not almost, you are mentally in a deficit though you're not physically in a deficit, and then you get burnt out really fast and you're not seeing any results. And so I made a clear decision in my mind that I was not going to pursue weight loss last summer. And I stuck with that. And I stuck with that through the fall. And then I began contemplating again and I felt okay about it. Like I didn't hate the idea of what I knew I would have to do. I didn't hate the idea of tracking my calories. I didn't hate the idea of, um, you know, having to, really moderate the amount of treats I was going to have. There's just so much more you can eat in a maintenance phase. And I knew I was going to have to give the amount of those things up. It was going to be definite trade-offs. And I felt okay about it. I didn't feel like mad about it. And so I was like, all right, I'm ready to do this. And for me, a big part of knowing that I'm ready to jump back into a fat loss phase is being ready to invest money into it. I do much better if I have a coach and so I started looking for a coach and reached out to one and felt really good about it. And as soon as I put the money down on that, I was all in, like I was all in on this fat loss phase. So that is what I would say. Look to see, one, where are you at in your life as far as other goals? Remember, I was just talking to Lucia uh, just a minute ago. She's got her thesis. She's got her full-time job. And I said, maybe this isn't the time. Where are you at? If you're at a really busy, busy season of work, maybe this isn't the time. I'm not saying it's never the time. Maybe you're like, I am always freaking busy, Kim. Okay, then it doesn't matter when it is. If you're always busy, which a lot of people are, there is no perfect time. And I say this all the time. There's no perfect time to lose weight, but you also don't have to pick a ridiculously hard time. So if for the next two months, like you're the person who's going to be in charge of, you know, taking care of your, your dad's, uh, in your home while he's ill, that's probably not the best time to start a weight loss phase if you know in two months that it's your brother's turn. Maybe wait till then. But if permanently your dad's going to be living with you, well, then we need to help you find a way to be able to lose weight, even though you're going to be extra busy caring for your dad. So look at what other goals you have, what your circumstances are. Consider logically, is this a great time? 
Consider how long of a break you have had. Specifically, have you had some time where you weren't even subconsciously trying to lose weight, even subconsciously? A deficit mindset is just as draining as actually being in a deficit, okay? So think about your mental and emotional readiness to put energy into this project. Think about about it like a project that is going to draw a lot of emotional energy, a lot of your focus. Is this something you can commit at this time? All right, Kathleen, I hope that helps. The next question is not from a specific person because so many people messaged me uh, both in my email and in Instagram DM asking what my macros are. My question for you, if you're like, yeah, that was my question is, why do you want to know? What will my macros tell you about you? And if you're thinking like, well, we're about the same height, I'm about that weight, I want you to remember just because we're the same height and weight, we are still going to be different in many ways. How much do you move in a day versus how much I move in a day? What is your body composition versus my body composition? What is your weight loss history versus my weight loss history? If you've lost a substantial amount of weight before versus if you haven't, that makes a difference. I get the interest. I really, really do. I totally don't blame you for being interested or asking. And I used to share this Uh, years ago when I've done cuts. I have shared what my macros are, but I'm only going to be sharing that information with my members in our Facebook group because I have a lot of interaction with them. We are in an ongoing conversation. I have personally set their macros for them. They know what their numbers are and why they're set as they are. They know what the factors are that affected those. And they're not going to be as tempted to arbitrarily use my numbers or let my numbers influence theirs. If they're like, okay, well, she's, you know, uh, I'm smaller than her or taller than her or whatever it is. They're not going to let my numbers arbitrarily impact theirs because we've just too much in conversation about their particular numbers. So I feel comfortable sharing there, but I'm not going to be sharing my macros publicly because I don't want you taking my macros. I'm trying to put them on you because they're not your macros. All right. Renee. Renee says, I work out, I have a great program I follow, so that is not the issue. For me, eating has always been my downfall. I know what I should be doing, but staying consistent has always been my problem. We also live 25 miles from a grocery store, which is a problem. And then in parentheses, she says, excuse, question mark, sometimes. Also, when I am busy, I just can't seem to focus on my eating, even my workout suffer during those times. My question is, how can I be more consistent about my eating in the long term? Is portion control the key more than anything? Uh, Renee, great question. First, can we just take a minute to like celebrate the fact that you work out regularly? This is a big win. This is so helpful for health, for body composition, for aging. So yay you. Yay you. All right, now the part where you said, I know what to do. I'm just not doing it. I want you to know this is so common. This is the problem for many people. Are there people who don't know what to do? Yes, and I help with that as well. But so many of the people who I end up working with, they know a lot about what they should or could be doing to reach their goals, but they're struggling to do it or to do it enough to see results from it. So you maybe you have intentions to eat protein, to eat vegetables, to eat in a deficit, to moderate your portions and all of these things, but you don't actually follow through with those behaviors at a frequency that gets you weight loss results. Essentially, you have not yet learned to bridge the gap between your intentions and your behavior. And that is the key to success at your fitness goals, bridging that gap 
between intention and behavior. Now, I do want to take just a moment here to tell you that this is literally the exact thing that I help with in both Fitter by the Day and Fitter After 40. There are evidence-based tools to help you bridge that gap, that intention behavior gap. There are evidence-based tools to help with that. And I teach two of them to you in depth in Fitter by the Day. And then we practice those things together with me as your coach in Fitter After 40. If you're like, wait, what's Fitter by the Day? Fitter by the Day is my new program. It's going to be available January 4th. It's a four-week health protocol for daily body and mind training. It involves daily moving, protein tracking, tracking, <laughs> be great if I can get my words out, protein tracking, mindful eating, and crucial mindset work. It's going to move you from where you are right now to the fitter, healthier lifestyle you want. It's only $99. And one of the main goals is to help you learn to bridge that intention behavior gap. Okay. For right now, I want you to consider the role your plan itself has in your ability to be consistent. So I do want you to consider fitter by the day. If, if you're not on my email list, you need to get on my email list. I'm going to put it in. I'm going to put it in the show notes. I think you should absolutely consider taking that course, Renee, for sure. And any of you listening who are like, wait, that's my problem. Like, I think a lot of things I want to do, but I don't actually do them when it comes to eating well, moving my body. This course was absolutely meant for you. Okay. So look for that January 4th, get on my email list. But right now, Renee, I want you to consider the role that your plan itself has in your ability to be consistent. Is your plan reasonable? Here's what I want you to think. Like if you have kids, or nieces and nephews, what do you think about how they learn? Would you give your third grade niece calculus? You wouldn't, right? If you're like, you need some math. Here, do some calculus. You would not do that because she wouldn't be successful. Stop giving yourself calculus when what you need is practice with your timetables. You need a more compassionate plan. You need a plan that meets you where you are that you can actually be successful with. Stop picking 39,000 things to do. And again, Fitter by the Day is a great place to learn how to come up with a compassionate plan that you'll actually follow through on. All right, check out the link here in the show notes and get on my main list and I'll be sending that out. For those of you who are like, wait, what's the difference between Fitter After 40 and Fitter by the Day? Fitter by the Day is a self-guided course. It's a four-week course. I'm going to be in there. You're going to be watching me, but you and I are going to be chatting back and forth. It's just $99 because it doesn't have that interactive coaching piece. Incidentally, you can use the $99 that you pay for that and put it towards Fitter After 40 when it opens in March, which is an interactive coaching program that you and I will spend a lot of time together uh, working on just these types of things. All right, Renee, I hope that helps. Next up is Pam. Pam says, ugh, Food from others, food that my family has in the house, food that coworkers bring in, vendor gifts, eating out with family. This is 75% of my life. Totally get it, Pam. I totally get it. We cannot escape food. We have to adjust how we behave around food as well as our relationship with various foods. And there's a lot of moving parts that go into this. One good starting point is really getting to the point of understanding and internalizing this idea that there are no good foods and there are no bad foods. There is not a single good food, not a single bad food. You can eat every food. There are foods that are more healthful. There are foods that are going to help you more with weight loss, but you can include all foods in a weight loss diet. 
really working on that piece is important. Another piece is to stop telling yourself, I can't have that. And instead thinking this, I'm choosing not to have that right now, if you're not going to have that right then, or I'm going to have some of that tomorrow, but really stop telling yourself, I can't have that. That is another really important skill. Just like a, a switch in your your verbiage and in your thinking, instead of thinking like, I can't have the vendor gifts. I'm choosing not to have those right now, but I am going to plan to have some of those tomorrow, which brings me to this point. You should be planning these fun foods in. Uh, having a goal to not ever eat snacky, delicious foods is not a great plan. So planning these foods in, using the idea of nutritional compromises, like what do you really want to have? What sounds really good for to you? What sounds good to you today? What sounds good for you on the weekend? How are you going to fit these foods in? And yes, that does mean leaving some foods out. I talked through this on my stories the other day. Uh, a friend brought pumpkin chocolate chip bread, and I definitely wanted to have that. She brought it at like eight o'clock on Sunday evening. I wasn't going to have any then, but I planned it in for my next day to make that work in my calories for that day because I'm in a deficit. I thought about like, okay, to make room for these calories, what can I take out? And so I decided instead of having a salmon burger, I was going to not have the salmon burger. I was going to have a salmon salad. I decided I would drop my Yasso bar treat and some popcorn that I typically have. And making those changes made it possible for me to have a really nice sized portion of the pumpkin chocolate chip bread. And so I planned those fun foods in. And I totally get it, Pam. Right now, my my kiddo is home from college and he's baking all the time, him and his girlfriend. I'll just walk in and there'll be bags of M&Ms and Hershey Kisses on the counter and they keep making those treats. I love them. Where it's a pretzel and then a Hershey Kiss and you melt them in the oven and then you put an M&M on the top. So either those are sitting on my counter or the Hershey Kisses and M&Ms are on my counter and they just come home and bake them. They're there all the time. They're there all the time. And so I have, I have to practice navigating this myself. I use all those things I just talked to you about. Planning some of those in. I've absolutely had some of those. Another thing that really, really, really helps is practicing the pause. If unexpected food show up, pause. So if you walk into your break room at work and all of a sudden there's some amazing basket from a vendor, pause. Give yourself 5, 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes. Evaluate, how do I want to feel? What is important to me right now? And sometimes these things are just not important. Like if your coworker brings in some like crappy old store cookies, it might in the moment, you might be like, ooh, craving some sugar. But are you going to be really happy with how that tastes? Do you really want that? And if you do, no judgment. But you might, if you give yourself a chance to think about it, be like, actually, no. That's not how I want to use my calories. Whereas if you just knee jerk did it, you might just do it and then regret it. So evaluate how do I want to feel? What is important to me? You know, if your best friend surprises you by driving two hours and wants to take you out to get your favorite dessert together, that's really different than those store-bought cookies your coworker brings in, right? So utilize this pause. The pause helps me so much. And a mantra I use at the same time with the pause is saying things like, I will plan some of that in for tomorrow. That's what I did with the pumpkin chocolate chip bread. Just because it showed up here on a Sunday evening didn't mean I had to have it then. And so I told myself, yum, I love pumpkin chocolate chip bread. I will plan some of that in for tomorrow. Another mantra that can help while you're taking this pause is that is not my food. That is not my food. That is my son's food. He made that food. That's his food. These two things really help me a lot. 
All right. I hope that that helps, Pam. It's definitely a work in progress. You will practice getting better at navigating all this food. And also remember, there's nothing wrong with one, getting rid of food that you don't want around. So if somebody gives you food and you're like, I don't really like this, but I know I'm going to keep eating it, get rid of it, give it to somebody else, throw it away. I'm not saying purposely be wasteful, but yeah, there's no reason you can't just throw some stuff away. We're not going to throw it away. Putting it in an out of the way spot in an okay container, really brilliant strategy to help you eat it less. This is why things like when you're trying to eat fruits and vegetables, you're told like, hey, put those somewhere you're going to see them. You're going to be more likely to take them because that actually works. So let's do it the opposite way with things you're trying not to. So if you've already baked your Christmas cookies and you're like, I still got four more days till Christmas, put them in an opaque container, put them somewhere you don't go, in your dining room, in your pantry, up on a high shelf, instead of on the kitchen counter, like under a clear glass lid. All right, that's all the questions I have time to get to right now. I will definitely be answering more as I go through my fat loss phase. Message me anytime with your questions and I will be happy to chat through these things with you. I so hope that this has helped. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here. Mm -hmm.